There it is. That's the bell, the round number five. Here we go, folks. Punches and bunches, shoe shines in the corner, hot sauce to the ribs. When in doubt, stick it out. Ranchos al hígado. Duro, duro, duro. Alfonso Ruiz with Rick Prado, Pacifico's Boxing. Rick, what's up, man? Hey, how's it going, man? You know, just ready to break down uh, the Canelo fight over the past weekend. Yeah, did you say the Canelo fight? Because that's kind of like, uh, what, what is that, uh, the jumbo shrimp? What, what do they call uh-huh. this kind of an oxymoron? Yeah. Right? Um, I'll tell you what. Uh, yeah, let's start there, right? Good show. Mm-hmm. A lot of stuff coming up. We're going to break down the Canelo fight, yeah. or we should say break down the Canelo sparring session, and really more importantly, right, What the, where does Canelo go now, and where does this put Canelo yeah. as far as, you know, forget about where he's at today as a fighter, but what is his legacy? Because there was a lot of stuff talked about afterwards about, you know, him being the greatest Mexican fighter ever and what he was looking um, you know, we've got some information that we can break down. Yeah. As far as his opponent, Rick, okay, could there be a, a, a least competitive? I mean, overmatched, yeah. overwhelmed, right? They may as well. I think Canelo had a better fight uh, with one of those, uh, you know, those 250-pound uh, heavy bags. Yeah. That gave him a better fight when they're swinging it back and forth in, in the gym. Yeah. I've actually seen, you know, if you watch on Instagram, I think that was a better fight. Well, you know, remember I, I texted you during the fight, and I said, you yeah. know, if if his plan is to get, be getting hit in the yeah. head with yeah. clean shots, yeah, you know, and in the body with clean shots and wearing out Canelo that way, yeah, you know, it, he's working his plan to perfection. Unbelievable, right? I yeah. mean, did did he know that he was allowed to actually return fire and throw <laughs> punches, man? Right? Yeah, you know, it. Uh, oh man, it, it it was it was terrible. You know, the 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 one thing I could tell you is that uh, after seeing that fight. Yeah, that is that Turkish wolves wolves aren't very tough. <laughs> yeah, here's the thing, right? Right, and you know they show the whole uh, they show the whole you know pre-fight videos and and you know the whole his whole country behind him, mm-hmm. right? How does he get? How is he allowed to get back uh, into that country now, man? Yeah. He's got to hide in the suitcase, you know, because otherwise, I mean, there's going to be he's going to be greeted by you know a, a, a mob of five thousand, but it's not for a celebration, Rick. You know, yeah. and I'll tell you what, too, right? L- looking at the fight and seeing where he was from, the only other Turkish fighter that I can remember was the um, was the, uh, the the opponent from Istanbul in the Mike Tyson's punch out. Yeah, yeah, right. Bald bull. Bald bull. Yeah. There you go. And he was tough. Yeah, right. You had to kind of figure out how to beat him. And uh-huh. I'm thinking, well, there you go. Right. Oh my gosh. I mean, just and, and I don't even know. By the way, who stopped it? Did he stop it? Did his corner stop it? Because Joel Diaz was giving him the proverbial, right, if you keep taking punishment, I'm going to stop it. Mm-hmm. That's more meant as motivation, right? Yeah. Now, at that point, there may maybe he meant, I don't know, 60% of it, right? But yeah. it's really more like, hey, man, you better start fighting. Joel Diaz had no intentions of stopping the fight. It no. was too early. Yeah, it was too early. You know, it, uh, you know he really didn't even look, look hurt. You know, it just, you know, he was he was there. It could have been the the other corner guy, the guy with the beard. I yeah. don't know if you saw. Yeah. There was a guy, and he was, I think maybe he said, yeah, go ahead and stop it. Yeah, and I didn't like, by the way, that, you know, Joel Diaz was barking orders in English, and then he would turn mm-hmm. and ask him, hey, ask him if he's okay, <laughs> right? <laughs> ask him if he's like, what, what do we got? Did you guys not work this out, right, uh-huh. pre-fight? What was the whole reason, right, for Joel Diaz flying cross-country and training him in Turkey, right? Yeah. Wouldn't, wouldn't like, those... I don't know. Little details like how are we going to communicate in the heat of the battle? Does yeah. that not come up at all? It, it should, you know, there, or at least, you know, a few words in English, you know, like I'm okay. Right. I'm okay is not tough. No, you know? no, it does. Like ask, okay. ask him if he's okay. Yeah. Ask him if he's like, are you kidding me? Getting <laughs> some cue cards, some, you know, signs, some yeah. colors. Green means I'm okay. You know, red means not so good. Unbelievable. Again, right? Um, by the way, right now, he ought to take a screen capture of all of the boxing uh, rankings uh-huh. because they still have him ranked, uh, you know, number two, number two. in the WBC. Yeah. So um, he should take a picture and show his kids, right? Yeah. Look at this, right? At one point, I was ranked number two. And by the way, we're not anti, uh, you know, Avni Yilidrum yeah. fans, right? The guy's a legitimate fighter, right? Mm-hmm. Um, obviously shouldn't be ranked as high as number two yeah. or one whatever in the WBC. More like 
depending on which publication, somewhere around 48 to 50-something as far as super middleweights. Yeah. But how in the world, right, does – and this is a whole issue that we talked about. I think it was one of our first episodes, right, about the sanctioning bodies, yeah. Rick, and how this guy's even – anyways, tell you what. We're going to get into that, the whole fight, the whole output, um, the whole outcome a little bit more in our in our uh, next segment. We're going to talk about uh, scheduled fights, right? Mm-hmm. A lot of fights are, are, are coming up and starting to materialize. Um, really want to get to, again, what happens now with Canelo? Who's out there that really can yeah. present a challenge? We kind of understand the roadmap for the next two fights, but is that enough? Yeah. And where is he with regards to the entire boxing we got some Fury updates. Uh, we got a big fight card female coming up this Friday as well. Oh, and by the way, we're going to stick to the Canelo theme. Uh, this is the fifth episode of fight number three for us. Big fifth round knockouts. I'm going to go two of them, Rick. Both of them by Canelo Alvarez. 2011, he knocked out Kermit Cintrone. Uh-huh. And 2012, he knocked out Josecito Lopez, both in the fifth round. Yeah, you know, a couple good fights. It seems like Kermit Syndrome was was knocked out by everybody. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> later on he was. Yeah. Here's the interesting thing, right? And every time I look some of this up, you always kind of get one of those that's, you know, kind of an interesting side bit. In between the Kermit Cintrone and Josecito Lopez fight, Canelo fought uh, Shane Mosley, oh, wow. who um, he beat Shane Mosley, but in a unanimous 12-round decision. Mm-hmm. Again, it goes to show you uh, Shane Mosley's toughness. No, yeah. Right? He, he definitely, um, I, I don't know if uh, Mosley was ever knocked out. I, that's the thing, I don't think right? He was. Yeah, maybe we'll have to look that up, but that's what I got all of yeah. all that when I was looking up, you know, some of the best fifth round knockouts mm-hmm. by any fighter. I'm like, there you go again, right? He was slick enough even at that point. So this had to be somewhere 2000, late 2011 to 2012 yeah. when he fought Shane Mosley. And so there you have it, folks. All right, we'll be right back. Let's get into more details. I can't wait to talk more Canelo Elidrum and everything else that came out of that. We'll be right back, folks. Yeah. All right, Pacific Coast Boxing, Alfonso Ruiz and Rick Prado are back. Um, so you looked it up. Who was uh, Sh- Sugar Shane Mosley knocked out once? Uh, a- Anthony Mudneen. Okay, yeah. late late in his career, at, right, yeah, at, at the end. At the end. Yeah, but other than that, right, that was one tough son of a gun. Yeah. Right? I mean, Canelo couldn't knock him out, and he knocked out these two guys. And he was slick, mm-hmm. right? A lot, lot of heart. Unfortunately, the apple, in this case, does fall far from the tree. <laughs> so I'm not impressed with his son at all. Yeah. Not anti any fighter, but they're just certain fighters that kind of rub you a, a certain way. Okay, so here's the thing, right? So let's get so let's get back to the Canelo Alvarez. We'll finish off with Elidrum, and then it'll probably be some of the last time we we talk about him, other than maybe using him as as kind of a noun for something else, yeah. right? So not his fault, Rick. Okay, that the WBC has him ranked at number one. Okay. Yeah. He had a tough fight, kind of a questionable decision with uh, Anthony Durrell, right? Um, but other than that, okay, he's not ranked anywhere by any other organization, yeah. right? Unless I'm missing it, right? Yeah. WBA, IBF, WBO, not even top 10, not even top 15, right? Mm. For, forget about it. Um, this was a stay busy fight yeah. for Canelo in the true sense of stay busy, right? Mm-hmm. Similar to what Lara should have been against Josh Warrington, except Lara obviously ended up yeah. being a game fighter. So I don't blame Elidrum, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's he's in there and he's getting a chance for the title. What I do question is his effortless, yeah, right, yeah. non-competitive. Wouldn't it be cool if somehow you could impact a fighter a fighter's purse by their level of effort? Uh-huh. No, yeah, it definitely. Uh, it would encourage him to throw more punches. Um, you know, he fought three rounds. You know, just yeah. some numbers to throw at you. Okay, he fought three rounds. Yeah, he landed eleven punches. Wow! In those yeah. three rounds. Yeah, and then, you know, he also made two point five million dollars for that fight to just wow. stand there. Right. You know, and right. and then after the third round, he cashed out. Yeah. You know, he he cashed out. You wonder, right? Because again, remember all the talk. Now we gave you, we gave everyone the numbers heading into the fight, mm-hmm. right? Uh, they were giving you the uh, America the odds, forty to one, whatever. That translated to ninety eight percent. Yeah. So Canelo had a ninety eight percent chance of winning going into the fight, right? Mm-hmm. But again, so did Josh Warrington against Lara. Yeah. Right. It goes to show you what could happen. Um, 
in this case, right, uh, the numbers were real, okay? And Joel Diaz, however, was talking up a storm about how they've got the strategy, right, and they've got the game plan mm-hmm. to kind of bring it to Canelo. And everybody thought, including myself, that at minimum he was going to kind of be disruptive to what Canelo was going to try to do. Yeah. Now, what does Canelo try and do? Boxes, counter punches, right? Kind of just, you know, it's very calculated, right? Mm-hmm. And very surgical in, 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 some, in some ways. And we thought that Elidrum was just going to go in there and smothering, brawling, right? Elbows, maybe some headbutts along the way. Rick, none of that materialized. Yeah. I mean, zero. None of it. It, it seemed like he, he felt his power early and didn't want to open up. He, he just, I think he was just trying to last as yeah. long as he could. Yeah. And, you know, it, it was just a terrible strategy. Um, but, you know, he made a lot of money in this fight. You know, he worked the system. You know, he got that. Uh, yeah. He was the mandatory. He didn't fight again because he didn't want to lose that mandatory. Right. Yeah, and yeah. So he, he hadn't fought in two years, right? He waited until this fight Yeah. to get this money. And, you know, it's just unfortunate. You know, I think uh, a lot of people were calling out Canelo for fighting this guy and, yeah. and the stay busy fight. I think if it was up for to Canelo, he wouldn't have taken this fight. Yeah, you know the WBC was probably going to strip him if he didn't take if he didn't do the fight, and so this is without a doubt right yeah. one of those you know wink wink you saw mm-hmm. you know um, Mauricio Solomon right yeah is there in the ring I think it's is a Solomon Junior yeah right he's there in the ring this is one of those I told you you know just read any of the books by the by mm-hmm. the great Kristen Judaj. And you you see and understand how all of these deals are made, you know. Yeah. And of course, this was, as they say, Canelo doing the WBC a solid, mm-hmm. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah, he's doing yeah. them a solid by saying, "Okay, I'll fight your quote unquote mandatory number one mm-hmm. ranked guy," even though he knew it was an absolute joke. But you know what? It's boxing. It's business. You called it early on. No way that Canelo would take a fight within what? You know, he fought three weeks ago, seemingly, right? Against Callum Smith, and here he is, you know, a month later fighting again. You know, what is he, uh, you know, uh, uh, an up-and-coming contender, right? Trying to get a shot at the title. That's what it seemed like. And so, yeah, I mean, let's face it. It's not Canelo's fault either. Yeah. That's another thing. It's not his fault. He's the the WBC's Uh number one contender. This is who he wants to fight. But still, it was good from a boxing perspective because it it kept him busy. Yeah. The worst thing you can do as a fighter, right, is to start collecting mothballs, dust, and then you get stagnant. And that's what happened to Josh Warrington. Mm -hmm. It's what happened also in the MMA world to Conor McGregor, right? These other guys are staying active and busy. But completely disappointing. These are the kind of fights that you wish the promoters – and everybody involved could actually either pull or impact yeah. um, Elidrum's uh, purse and say, look, you just didn't give us enough. Yeah. Right? I mean, what's, this is just as bad as, like, taking a dive. Yeah. Right? Phantom punches. It's like you didn't look. Now, we're not him, right? We're not mm-hmm. in there eating these uppercuts, right? Yeah. And eating these punches to the body and ganchos illegal, though. That's not us. But come on. But then again, you know, if he's eating these punches, yeah. might as well throw back. You know, it didn't make any sense. It wasn't like yeah. he's blocking all these punches yeah. and not throwing. You know, he needs to throw. It was the worst um, example of a, of the peekaboo, right? Because yeah. that's what he was doing, right? Yeah. Even the peekaboo style didn't hurt. The right hand that, you know, that that, that took him down, what was yeah. it, in the second round, I think? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it went right through the guard. <laughs> What's the point of having your your hands up? You know what I mean? Uh-huh. It's like having guard dogs, right, that are completely docile and, and sit if a, if a stranger comes up and tells them, give me your paw. I mean, yeah. it was the worst. It was the worst. I mean, I, and I'm sorry, right? But this does nothing for Joel Diaz's reputation as a trainer no. either, right? No. If I'm Joel Diaz, right, I'm hightailing it out. I'm even I'm I'm recording and publicizing their sparring sessions and game plan. Like literally, I'm sending out an email when saying, "Hey, here's our here here was the game plan, right? Yeah. Just so you know that it wasn't me, Joel Diaz, yeah. right? Like like show everybody this was the strategy. This guy just refused to execute it, man. Yeah. No, it was uh you know it was just uh, unfortunate that we had to see that fight you know it uh you know there's plenty of other contenders that uh would have given a, a better fight at yeah. least tried to win that fight yeah uh he was there just to just to show up and pick up a check and yeah um 
you know, I think even uh, I think Teddy Teddy Atlas went really hard on Canelo saying yeah. you need to fight better opponents, you know, this and that. But I don't think this is on Canelo. This is no. on the WBC. This guy should never have been given an opportunity to get that fight. Yeah. Yeah. Th- this is a boxing issue. This yeah. is a sanctioning body issue. This is a this is what's wrong with the sport of boxing when you don't have one governing body that mm-hmm. controls everything, right? Yeah. When you look at the ring magazine. And, you know, the Ring magazine has gotten political with Golden Boy and them running it. Yeah. But you look at their super middleweights and, you know, Leaderham's not even close, right? Yeah. Top five, you still got Callum Smith, Benitez, Plant, Durrell, Canelo Alvarez, Billy Joe Sanders, whatever, you know? Um, yeah, it's not a Canelo issue. Come yeah. on, Teddy Atlas. That has nothing to do with him. He's fighting the guys that are right in front of him. Mm-hmm. You know, look at everyone that's Canelo, that Canelo's fought. Much different than Crawford, Spence, etc. cetera. But um, let's transition, right, over to over to Canelo Alvarez. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what does this do for his legacy? Now, you may say, well, geez, what do you mean his legacy? He, he fought a guy that was, com- you know, completely non-competitive. Yeah. A lot of questions to Canelo right after the fight about, you know, who are you going to fight next? We know who he's going to fight next, okay? But let's take a quick break, Rick, and then yeah. after we come back, let's talk about where we think this place is Canelo in the world of, forget about as a Mexican fighter, as a fighter, period. Yeah. Because I think this fighter established, this fight established him as something bigger than what could be achieved by saying, you're the greatest Mexican fighter ever. Mm. We'll be right back, folks. Pacific Coast Boxing. All right, Pacific Coast Boxing, Alfonso Ruiz and Rick Prado are back. All right, Rick, so we let's transition over to Canelo Alvarez, the man himself, right? Um, depending on what publication, listing you believe, right, mm-hmm. he is either the number one pound-for-pound fighter or close to it, right? Yeah. We think he is, right? The resume um, certainly would support that he's the number one pound-for-pound fighter. But here's what he is, Rick. He's the number one draw. Is it safe to say that he is the face of boxing right now? No, yeah, I, I, I think he definitely right? is. Um, you know, maybe ESPN would argue with us, but uh, you know, he he definitely is. So that's the thing, right? So when they're asking, right, when they're asking uh, Canelo afterwards, what's his goal, and he's saying he wants to be the, you know, the greatest Mexican fighter mm-hmm. of all considered, and then he kind of retracted and in a, in a very respectful way said, "Hey, look, I just want to kind of cement and establish my own legacy, right, yeah. in boxing." And that's fair. Of course, when you talk Mexican great fighters, um, you know, the, the names that always come to the top, of course, you know, Julio Cesar Chavez, Ruben Oliveira, Salvador Sanchez. Here's the difference between why I think Canelo um, is going to go down and his legacy is going to be greater than theirs. Even when Julio Cesar Chavez was in his prime, which was, you could say, 80s to 90s, right? He was never the face of boxing, Rick. Right. In the 90s. Right. If you look at, again, depending on what publication you want to believe where they go, like who was the fighter of the decade? Chavez was never considered the fighter of any of those decades. Yeah. Right. The reason in the 90s, if you had Roy Jones Jr., you had Oscar De La Hoya, you had Mike Tyson, you had Holyfield. Right. Mm-hmm. In the 80s, do we even need to go there in the 80s? Right. Yeah. You had, of course, the four kings, Leonard, Duran, Hearns, Hagler. Right. So. There goes Julio Cesar Chavez. He was the most popular Mexican fighter, right? Of course, anytime there was a Julio Cesar Chavez fight, we knew about it. And it was, you know, the barbecue, the numbers and the hats. We get it. Um, Ruben Olivares from the 60s, same thing. He wasn't considered the best fighter of that era. Um, even in his own weight division, yet you had Alexis Arguello. Of course, you had Muhammad Ali, right? George Foreman. You had Marvin uh, Fraser. Um, so that's not going to happen, is my point. Same with Salvador Sanchez, by the way. Salvador Sanchez is same era, 60s, 70s. In the 70s, you had Roberto Duran, who was considered the greatest lightweight of all time. Point is, they were never the face of boxing. Yeah. Um, Canelo Alvarez right now is. Mm-hmm. And, we, and we may look back, right, when this decade is over, and would it surprise anybody if Canelo is considered the number one fighter of this decade? Yeah, no, um, I think he's definitely on his way, um, you know, and he's he's still only 30 years old, you know, so he could have at least five years, you know, yeah. still five, yeah. six years still left in his prime. Right. You know, and, um, you know, the thing about Canelo is, you know, he, he's fighting everybody. He's moving up in weight to do it. Um, you know, he's not staying, 
you know, at uh, you know, 154, I think is where he won his uh first title. He keep keeps wanting to move up. Right. You know, and and take the next biggest, you know, uh challenge. You know, he yeah. he's he's taken fights where you know, maybe he wasn't the the favorite. Right. You know, um you know, unlike a, you know, a Mayweather where right. Mayweather's every single fight of his Yep. He was, it was his, he was the favorite. Yeah, it was there was never a doubt. Yeah. There was never a doubt about it. Yeah, if you look, right? If you look at let's just say, you know, after some of the fights that that I had mentioned about with this fifth round knockouts. So, after he lost to Floyd Mayweather Jr., mm-hmm. let's set that as the reference point. And that was 2013. Yep. Although, you can even go back. Um after knocking out uh, Centrone and beating Sh- uh, Sugar Shane Mosley and Josecito Lopez, he beats Austin Trout in 2013. And and Austin Trout was a heavily you know avoided yeah, fighter. You that's know, exactly right. A lot of people right. didn't want to fight Austin Trout. That's exactly right. By the way, every time I think of Austin Trout, I remember that lady that came into the fight at the Staples Center. Uh-huh. Huge fan of Austin Trout. I don't know if you remember that. Yeah. Um, but anyways, but yes. So yes, Austin Trout was the boogeyman at that time. And a lot of the fights that Canelo has taken, ill-advised from his managers, right? Yeah. Um, he loses the Mayweather Jr. Okay, in 2013. After that, beats Al- Alfredo Angulo, beats Arislandi Lara. There's, another another really avoided fighter. That's exactly right. Yeah. Who who still gives folks fits today, right? Yeah. Knocks out, uh, and it was a split decision, by the way. Mm. Um, knocks out James Kirkland. Um, of course, you know, completely batters and dismantles Miguel Cotto after that. It's probably closer than that, that, but yeah. <laughs> It was a it was a drubbing, Rick. Yeah. It was a drubbing. Knocks out Amir Khan. Okay, that was an undersized Amir yeah. Khan, but he still took him out in devastating fashion. Completely throttles Liam Smith. Let's not even talk about uh, Chavez Jr. Right? Well, you know, just a little tidbit. Yes. You know, Chavez Jr. is back in the news saying that he would fight yeah. Canelo for free. Yeah. At, at one seventy five. Oh, is that what he's saying? Yeah. yeah. So uh, I'm, I'm yeah. sure I'm sure he would. Yeah. Like, right. Like, like after the Elidrum fight, we want to see right. Chavez Jr. get another shot. How about Chavez in Elidrum? You know. Yeah. Yeah. Winner fights. You know. <laughs> what? Whoever. You know. Yeah. The uh, the corn man. You know. So, and so okay. So he beat Triple G. Uh. Mm-hmm. Well. Again, the first fight questionable, right? Yeah. Second fight, I think he beats him. And by the way, if they fight right now. Canelo knocks him out. Mm-hmm. I mean, he knocks him out. No, with, all, I, with all credit to Triple G, by the way, yeah. he was an absolute warrior, right? Yeah. But he does. Then he beats Rocky Fielding, okay? Knocks him out in three. And then he fights Daniel the Miracle Man Jacobs. Not an easy fighter, Rick. No, no another another guy that uh, a lot of people avoided. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And by the way, you know, I watch clips of him fighting Daniel Jacobs. Daniel Jacobs is like, he he's a tactician in the mm-hmm. ring, right? He's a surgeon. The way he boxes and moves... He made Daniel Jacobs at points look amateurish, yeah. missing punches, right? I, I mean, literally three, four combinations by Daniel Jacobs where he's hitting air, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then, of course, he knocks out Sergey, uh, Sergey Kovalov. I get it. This is not the, you know, Sergey Kovalov in his prime, right? Yeah. This is Twilight. This is, you know, a Big Bear incident, Kovalov, right? Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, he knocks out. Callum Smith, not knocks out, unanimous decision, sorry, mm-hmm. and then the Lidrum. So I'm sorry, you show me another fighter with that pedigree and resume, Rick. Yeah, no, in the in the way he's able to move up in divisions and uh, you know, keep looking impressive while while winning these fights. Like not not only winning, yeah, it's the way he's winning. That's you know, a great he, point. He's going for the knockout, he's he's um he's putting a lot of pressure on these fighters. You know, he, you can see the different strategies and what he's trying to do to the boxers in the ring. You know, he's not trying to slip punches and just right. you know kind of uh, you know hit them with you know fluffy pillows you know for twelve rounds and win a decision. Yeah, he, you know he, he's trying to take these guys out. No, that's exactly right. That's exactly right. And he's seemingly getting better. His defense, his instincts, mm-hmm. his reflexes are are beyond. So here's the thing, right? So where does he go from here? Yeah. So I, we already know the roadmap. I love the next fight. I've called it here. Early on, I yeah. think that fight has an opportunity to be one of the more competitive fights. That being said, would it surprise me if Canelo, you know, completely dominates him and takes him out? No, just like no. we've said that what he did against uh, Daniel Jacobs and these other fighters that were considered tough opponents. However, uh, 
Billy Joe Saunders is a legitimate super middleweight, a legitimate former champion, extremely gifted boxer. I think it's funny that people are saying, oh, geez, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't hit very hard. He doesn't have to hit very hard. He's not in there to knock out Canelo. He's there to outbox him for 12 rounds. And I think that if he is motivated and comes in shape, he has the opportunity to turn this into a competitive fight, Rick. He does. Yeah, no, I think it'll be, uh, you know, I don't know if it'll be a, a close fight, but it'll be something where you, Canelo, they're going to have to come up with a plan yeah. and and be able to figure out, you know, Billy Joe Saunders before, um, you know, he, he's able to, you know, turn the tide in this fight. Yeah, and the thing is, right, is that, again, Billy Joe Saunders, right, legitimate, mm-hmm. um, legitimate super middleweight. Canelo Alvarez, by the way, um, all of, you know, they list him at 5'9". He's probably more like 5'8", five, 5'8 eight, five, eight and a half, yeah. right? Unless he's wearing those white uh, uh, sketcher shoes that, we, uh-huh. that we've seen him with, right? Then he goes to 6'2", to just like that. Yeah. Billy Joe Saunders is a legitimate 5'11", almost a six-footer. Mm-hmm. And he's a lefty, right? 30-0. and 0. Yes, only 14 knockouts. Who cares? He made, uh, I tell you, the, the the fight that I was impressed, now you could say, well, geez, it's only David Lemieux. He completely outclassed David Lemieux. Yeah. Nobody had really done that to David Lemieux in the past. So then, okay, but let's just move forward. He gets past Lemieux, and then you face Caleb Plant. See, I think Billy Joe Saunders is a tougher fight than Caleb Plant, right? Yeah. No, yeah, um, especially the way uh, Caleb Plant looked in uh, his, his last fight. You know, he wasn't very impressive, but... Uh, you know, Billy Joe Saunders, when when he's got a tough opponent, you know, he always, you know, I think they said it during the DAZN telecast that uh, he always plays up to yeah. the competition. Right. Um, unfortunately, he always plays down to the competition. But right. you're fighting in Canelo Alvarez, you know, he's going to be in the in the best you know yeah. shape possible and yeah. be ready to go. Yeah, that and that's why I say if he's motivated, right? Yeah. That's why you can underline and bold that because how can you not be if mm-hmm. you're fighting Canelo Alvarez? That's why I think... Of the fights that are coming up this year for him, that has the opportunity to be the most competitive. I think Caleb Plant will make the mistake of trying to stay in the pocket, mm-hmm. and that's just not going to work against somebody like Canelo, especially at 168. Yeah. Not going to work. Let's go past that because I think that, you know, I don't even have to be a betting man to say that Canelo's going to be heavily favored in both of those fights, yeah. right? He gets by that. Okay, now what does he do? Because you're going to end up, he's going to end up sitting there kind of twiddling his thumb saying, mm-hmm. okay, where do I go from here? Here's what has to happen, Rick. I don't want to hear all of this nonsense about, well, now he needs to move up to light heavyweight, yeah. okay? He doesn't belong at light heavyweight. The only reason he moved up to light heavyweight is because it was an opportunity to fight a Kovalev, who I think is in Golden Boy, right? Or is yeah. in good graces with Golden Boy. That's how that fight got made, okay? I don't need to see Dimitri Bivol uh, against um, or Peter Biev yeah. against Canelo. This guy's five eight, Rick. I'll tell you what needs to happen. Okay, Crawford and Spence Jr. have to find a way to move up. Okay, I mentioned earlier about you know fighters in the eighties, right? Mm-hmm. The four kings. What did those guys do, man? They fought each other and they moved up. Roberto Duran at all of five six and a half had no business moving yeah. up to fight Marvin Hagler at one sixty, but he did and gave him a hell of a fight. Mm-hmm. Right, uh, Thomas Hearns, right, same thing. Thrashed or knocked out, not thrashed, knocked out in thir- in round three. But does anybody think less of Tommy Hearns for that? Yeah, no. Heck no. The no. fact that and then of course Sugar Ray Leonard did it and actually beat him, depending on who you ask, right? Yeah. But but there you have it, Rick. So. For, I, I'm tired of hearing this talk mm-hmm. about Canelo now needing to move up to find a challenge. No. Crawford, Spence, or the 160-pound Charlo, these guys got to move up, Rick. Yeah. No, you know, I think um, it's too much to ask. Um, you know, Canelo's a smaller guy. You know, he's he's thickening out. Um, but to have him go up to 175, it has to be the right 175 um, fight. You That's know, a good point. He, he fought um, Kovalev. That was the right 175. That's fight. right. That's right. Um, yeah, I would. You know, those names that you mentioned. Um, you know, if you can get uh, Charlo, I, I'd like to see Charlo get because this is going to happen. You know, all these fights that we're talking about next year. Right. You know. Right. You know, who's Canelo going to fight next year? Charlo has to look impressive in a couple fights. Yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, win a couple fights at 160. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, fight a fight a triple G. Yeah. You know, fight a Demetrius Andrade. Right. And then. And the guy that comes out of all those fights, yeah. you know, 
Gets a shot at Canelo. Yeah, I told I totally agree. That's the other guy's Andre, right? That's yeah. the guy that's been doing a lot of talking. But yeah, they have to fight each other. You know, right. you, you can't sit there and uh, you know cherry pick. You know, fighting a Dervinchenko. You know, fighting a yeah. You know, a Liam Williams. You know, you, you have to fight the top guys. You know, try to unify in your division, and then you know do what Canelo's doing. Fight yeah. all the top guys in in a certain division. Clean it out. Um, you have, you know. Maybe Benavidez there if he's still undefeated at that point, but he's got to yeah. look impressive. You know, um, the one fight, you know, maybe, maybe yeah. at 175, yeah, that might be intriguing. And he just signed with Golden Boy, yeah, Ramirez, Gilberto Ramirez. Ramirez. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that and by the way, yeah, that fight would make sense yeah. for a couple reasons, right? Yeah. One, they're both uh Mexican, uh-huh. imagine that fight yeah. next year, right? May 5th, yeah. right. Of course, uh, there would have to be some kind of a championship on the line. Yeah. Uh, Gilberto Ramirez right now at Surdo does not hold any belt, mm-hmm. right at the uh, at the at the light heavyweight. Um, no, and that by the way, light punching. Yeah. Gilberto Ramirez. Not... Yeah. You know, with these sanctioning bodies, we can we can figure this out. You know, oh yeah, quickly. right, right. No, that, that's right. There could be a title like the Oriental uh, yeah, heavyweight the Oriental championship. Type. There could be a belt manufactured for that fight. Yeah. Easy. So yes, we're on the great minds think alike, Rick. That's one of the guys that I have yeah. as, and he's a name. He's undefeated, mm-hmm. right? Um, I don't think that he should have ever moved up to uh, to uh, light heavyweight, but uh-huh. he did in Gilberto Ramirez. So see, and yeah. he's the perfect one seventy five guy to fight. You know, he doesn't hit extremely hard, right? You know, um, yeah. You know, I, I think Canelo still beats him. Yeah. You know, but you know, if you've got an undefeated Gilberto Ramirez yeah. there, you've got Canelo yeah. moving up. You know. It, it, it's it's a good sell. Totally agree. Yeah. Um, you know, because when you look at the 160, again, the 168 pound division, he's already working to clean it out, yeah. right? Beat the number, quote unquote, the number one contender, yeah. right, on Saturday. Um, he's going to fight Billy Joe Saunders, Gail Plant, done. Once he does that, he's done. Yeah. Like you said, yes, there's David Benavides, but you know what? Benavides screwed up when he, when yeah. he didn't make weight for that fight. Yeah. That was a total. Total miscalculation. Mm-hmm. Okay. Other than that, no one there. Yeah. N- and, nobody there. And you know, Edgar Berlanga is like three or four years away. Yeah, he's you not know, ready. He's not... You know, it's funny, but you see him yeah. moving up, right? The WBA has him ranked number five, WBO number eight. Yeah. How much does that have to do you know, with money? Right. To, to even make that a decent fight, yeah. Three to four years. Yeah. You yeah. Know, it... It, it it it's funny it, how ironic it would be. Yeah, they fight today. Canelo knocks him out in round one. <laughs> right? That's that's pretty yeah. much what would happen. So so that's why, right? That's why you got to go all the way down. You got to go down to the middleweight division. Yeah. Right? To where you really start to see um, who the, you know, viable opponents are. You got a Jaime Munguia. Yeah. Right? Can Jaime Munguia establish himself as a credible opponent and champion at 160? And and believe me, if Munguia beats Triple G yeah. like they've been talking about, yeah, you know they're right. gonna, they're going to give him a you know, you know he'll probably fight Yelidrim, yeah, just to keep him you know nice and ready for the beginning yeah. part of uh, yeah. 2022, 2022 and no, that's fighting right. Canelo. They've got remember you know the WBC you know uh, Canelo still has the 160 pound version right yeah of the of the middleweight championship. Um, Jaime Munguia, guess who? Uh, ranked number one, number one by the WBC. Jaime Munguia, ranked number one by the WBO. They have Demetrius Andrade. Would love to see that fight, yeah. right? Munguia and, and Andrade. Uh, Ryoto Murata, forget about it. Triple G, we've already talked about it. But, you know, you, you have to go down, unfortunately, to 154 where you run into the uh, to the Charlo brothers, mm-hmm. right? Uh, mainly the one that's undefeated, right? Not the one that knocked yeah. out Erickson Lubin. I mean, I'd like to see any of them, really, but it's it's Jamal Charlo um, that ideally would be the best opponent. I still think, by the way, besides Billy Joe Saunders, Rick, that Jamal Charlo is the one opponent where the odds wouldn't be as wide. Yeah. No. I think I think that's I think that's the fight. Yeah, I think if if you built a blueprint. You know, for beating you know Canelo, Canelo yeah. it would be you know somebody to take a punch, and you know, really athletic. Yeah. You know, and um, right. You know where, right. where speed is going to bother him, and he also has the punch to kind of keep him honest. Yeah. No, that's exactly right. That's a, you're you're a hundred percent right. Um, the the other thing right is right. 
Terrence Crawford and and, Earl, and Spence Jr., right? Yes, these guys are at 147, but like I said earlier, how did Duran make it from 140? How did Duran make it from 135 to 160? Sugar Ray Leonard, right? 147 yeah. to 160. Tommy Hearns, 140. Tommy Hearns went all the way up to the light heavyweight as well. Those two guys yeah. have to work their way up, Rick. Not well, this ridiculousness on, you no, know, Canelo I mean, fighting the greatest, the best light heavyweights, man. And, you know, and, and Canelo, he, he dares to be great. Yeah. You know, where, where these guys are, are sitting there at 147, not willing to fight one another, you know, just looking right. for, right. You know, which Danny Garcia can I beat this the, this time? Yeah. Yeah. Using their promotional company, PBC, as a shield, right? Uh-huh. And as a filter. You want to be great? There's the opportunity. And I guarantee you, by the way, Canelo would, would absolutely bend over backwards because let's be honest, okay? Canelo has established himself at a point, Rick. Mm-hmm. He doesn't need the sanctioning bodies. Yeah. Now, I think it's interesting that he's looking to uh, become the uh, you know the undisputed uh, light uh, super middleweight champion. Mm-hmm. So in that sense, he's acknowledging that the belts are important, but he's pretty much going to be in Mayweather status, right? Yeah. Meaning he doesn't need to be paying $200,000 to these sanctioning bodies. I think he wants to do that. And then after that, Rick, he names his price. Yeah, and I think that at that point, if a Terrence Crawford Jr. wants to get up to one fifty four, right, or some catch weight, Canelo will do it. Yeah, because at that point, it's not going to be about the championships anymore, right? No. It's just going to be about legacy. Yeah, and fighting the very best, which is all Canelo has ever wanted to do, right? Yeah. Sometimes they say that you know fighters will say that, but their actions don't uh, support that. In this case, it's the real deal. Mm-hmm. Those guys have to move up. Enough talk. Yeah, and you know, and it's not like. Uh... You know, these guys are young guys. You know, Earl Spence is 30 years old, just like Canelo. Yeah. Um, Terrence Crawford's 33. He's yeah. three years older than Canelo. Yep. Um, and if Terrence Crawford wants to start making the money that uh, he feels he deserves, then you have to move up and get those fights. 100%. 100%, Rick. So there you go. I mean, there's pretty much where, you know, the great Canelo Alvarez mm-hmm. now is and where he's established himself. Yeah. Greatest Mexican fighter of all time. I think that question's somewhat irrelevant, Rick, because he is the face of boxing today, which uh-huh. none of those of uh, previous great Mexican fighters that have been mentioned ever have done, and we've shown and explained to you why. All right, we'll be right back, Rick. Let's get into the boxing news. There is stuff going on. We'll be right back. boxing back and yeah just uh it's interesting right and just to clarify the um they both hold the title at 160 by the way you know canelo and jermall charlo both Mm -hmm. hold the wbc different versions of that yeah and that that's the one i'm telling you other than billy joe that's the charlo that he should be looking to fight yeah and and i think it'd be a you know great style uh matchup you know yeah um i think he has the athleticism to give Canelo um, trouble. That's right. Oh, there's no doubt about it. The speed, yeah. the athleticism. That's what I'm saying. That's the fight. That's the one I'm hoping gets mm-hmm. made early 2022. Maybe that's the you know the Cinco de Mayo 2022 fight. Yeah. So it could be. who knows? All right, Rick. Let's get into the boxing news. Okay. So we were. Uh, well, I'll start. I'll lead off with this. Um, you know, we were talking about the greatest. You know, Mexican of all time. Yeah. You know, we're gonna get into who is the greatest Mexican heavyweight of all time. Wow, that fight has been um, yeah, you know, signed yeah, um, April twenty fourth. Yeah, Andy Ruiz yeah versus Chris Ariola. Wow, I like that fight. I like that fight for both of them. Yeah. Um, well, I think we touched on this before, but I am hoping that Chris Ariola, Chris the Nightmare Ariola, uh-huh. right? I hope that he still is being trained by Goosen mm-hmm. because Goosen did a really good job of preparing him for the uh, the Adam Konaki fight, yeah. the Polish fighter that ended up getting knocked out afterwards. Um, if he is trained by Goosen and comes in motivated, yeah. not going to be as easy a fight, I think, as people will think for Ruiz, man. No, and, uh, you know, the, the one good thing is uh, Ruiz, it definitely looks like he's been uh, working yeah. working out for yeah. a while now mm-hmm. with uh, the Reynosos, and uh, he's lost a ton of weight. Yeah. You know, they, he just finally released some pictures with, uh, you know, his shirt off. And, yeah. Um, you know, I think at one point he ballooned up to 283, but he yeah. looks like he's lost, you know, 30, you know, 35 pounds right we, now. We can only hope. Yeah. We can only hope. And hopefully, again, that fight's local. Uh-huh. And we can start to go watch some of these. But we'll see, man. But I like that fight. 
yeah. like that fight a lot. Yeah, Good fight for both of them because Ariola has put his time in, man. Mm-hmm. He's put his time in. Yes, he happens to be a local kid here close to Southern California yeah. where we're at, where Standing 8 Count Studios is. But you know what? Um, if there's such a thing as somebody deserving that opportunity, it's Ariola. And, and you know, Andy Ruiz, Imperial Valley. Yeah, you that's know, right. That's right. As well. Which is why you hope the fight would be somewhere here. Yeah. No, you, you'd love it if... Uh, yeah, and to have fans, uh, April though is a little tough. I'm, yeah. I'm leaning more towards it might be in Vegas or, um, you know, or mm-hmm. Arizona. You know, Arizona. Yeah. You know, they've been letting them host. Um, yeah. You know, a lot of uh, events. Um, the other big news from the week: um, Triller won the um, the purse bid. Yeah. For Teofimo Lopez versus yep. Cambosos. Yeah. Uh, with a bid of uh, six mil. Um, Matchroom put in a. a a bit of about three million, and then top rank with a, a bit about two million. Yeah, I, I like that by the way because it goes to show you right yeah. that there's more opportunity out there. Yeah. If Teofimo had accepted, and good thing that he didn't, mm-hmm. right? He didn't. Un, he did not undervalue himself, yeah. especially after you know the performance of the year, fighter of the year, everything else, all the acclamations. Um, he's gonna make. He's standing to make. You know, double, almost triple. Yeah. What he would have made had he have settled for for top ranks offer? Yeah, no, yeah, he said it, it what was a about joke. Three times is what he would have made. Um, yeah, you know, if he would have taken top ranks, and uh, you know, I think uh, top rank took issue with uh, Matchroom trying to jump in. You know, they, yeah, they're gonna let Triller do whatever they want, but yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, they they thought it wasn't a good look of uh, Eddie Hearn, and you know, he's gonna pay him back for yeah, you know, putting in his bid. Is that right? Yeah. But okay, you know, but if that's the case, okay, then don't put such a damn low ball cheap skate offer, yeah. right? Yeah. That's how to. So I wonder if right, that's kind of one of those, uh, you know. Of like a courtesy, right? Uh-huh. One of those, you know, one of those, you know, gentleman rules, right? Uh-huh. That hey, we don't, the big boys don't cross bid against each other, yeah. something like that, right? P- pretty interesting, but I think it's good. I think it's good. And Triller's yeah. talking about uh, making it a little bit more than just a regular fight, yeah. right? Trying to like they did last time with uh-huh. the Tyson Jones, right? Mm-hmm. They're they're gonna add uh, looking like Tyson Holyfield three, yeah, um, on the card as well, and. Um, you know, the thing I'm looking forward to is you have to have Snoop Dogg. Yeah. Oh, Snoop yeah. Snoop Dogg has to announce yeah. the uh, yeah. the fights. He was an absolute, he stole the show yeah. on the microphone that night. Anybody that you talk to mm-hmm. recognizes that. Yeah. And, yeah, honestly, he should have a job as a regular color commentator. Mm-hmm. He's way better than most of the color commentators that are out there now, yeah. even the former fighters, right? So, yeah, I, I can't wait. I think it's great. Did you feel like watching um, the Canelo Elegium fight that they tried to do kind of something similar where they had you know the rapper come out they had the whole song yeah it seemed very thriller like you know with the uh, yes and no though Rick because there was a big lull between the fight yeah right there was a big lull and what thriller did really well remember is Uh they actually had all of those lulls like planned yeah and they had like legitimate performers that were out there. So you never felt like there was a lull because there was always somebody. And then yeah. it was great because we saw, um, and I'm glad that you haven't mentioned his name, we saw very little of Mario Lopez. Yeah. Right? <laughs> we saw very, yeah, it was minimal Lopez, which yeah. is any, 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 any event, any broadcasting that has Mario Lopez in it, but we see very little of him, uh-huh. did a great job. Yeah, yeah great right? job. Yeah. And so I think that it was a little different. I think that was just Canelo's deal with having that rapper out there. But uh-huh. to me, it was way too big of a lull. Yeah, no, no, it, it, it felt like 45 minutes. Right, because yeah. what did they think, right? What did they, you know, they knew when, you know, they had the replacement for, uh-huh. you know, the McWilliams, the Arroyo with the, I think it was a Martinez that yeah. couldn't make the fight, right? Yeah, he, uh, he injured his hand and uh, right. it was well, late. Uh, once that happened, they had to have known that, and this is the thing, right? And I think Triller has um, solutions for that because you had to have known that, hey, gentlemen, what happens if that fight ends early? Yeah. What are we going to fill it with? Oh, you know what? Let's just freestyle with that gal that's wearing a really short skirt, high black boots, and let's just talk to Ryan Garcia over and over and over again. Uh, that was uh, right, which is what they did. And and it, didn't it seem like overkill? You know, and it was overkill work because it was unplanned, and they didn't have anything to fill that gap. And they thought, well, geez, let's just keep. And by the way, if Ryan Garcia didn't do a bad job. He just no. kept answering the questions. Yeah. That they were asking him, you know, and he's young. He's going to be open about whatever he's talking yeah. about. But the other two guys in there, who I don't even know who they are, I apologize. Yeah. I know who Ak and Barack. Yeah, I don't know who yeah. they are. I know who the gal is because she comes out on that uh, that show. Uh-huh. 
Um, no, maybe she's not the one from the PBC show. What am I talking about? No, yeah, she's not the one. That one has an English accent. That one's different, right? Yeah, yeah. see, so I don't even know who she is, okay? Yeah. But be that as it may, Rick, no. They were just freelancing. Yeah. Uh, hey, ask Ryan Garcia this. Hey, ask Ryan Garcia that. Hey, let's go down, you know, up front and, you know, trying to make something, uh, you know, well, Sergio Mora. Yeah, if I got a, and, my nose fixed, I would look like it's and, horrible. And, and, <laughs> Did it seem weird that they kept going to Ryan Garcia? Like, yeah. was he planned, uh, like, some uh, an announcer for the fight? And, and it's not a Golden Boy card. Right. So it was kind of weird that uh, it, right. was, it was heavy Ryan Garcia in between fights. Heavy Ryan Garcia. Mm-hmm. Matchroom promoted, right? Yeah. Maybe something in the works there. No, I'm telling you, I think that the fight ended early. Yeah. You know, the first segment of Ryan Garcia was fine. It's like, hey, you know. And like I said, he didn't do bad in any segment. Mm-hmm. No, but they didn't have a plan, Rick. Yeah. They didn't have a plan, and then they they were just trying to just fill in the time, fill in the time. Yeah, a good production already takes that into consideration. How do you not know that the guy who was you know on the couch the night before, <laughs> right, eating Cheetos, you know what yeah. I mean, watching Lucha Libre or whatever, right, yeah. gets called and hey, quieres pelear, you know, <laughs> you know, vámonos way, and there you go. But he had to weigh in like uh, yeah. th- that late at night when right. he flew in, right. Yeah, and they say, well, good thing you know he's kept in shape. The guy fights at 105. Yeah, you're and, never and he, you're he, never he at a shape when you know you know what I mean. I, I for those guys, <laughs> what is he ballooned up to 115? Yeah, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. My left leg weighs 115, Rick. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah, you know. The, and the funny thing about that fight, uh, I thought it was the uh, the quote of the night was uh, yeah. Sergio Mora with yeah. his uh, McWilliams Arroyo. He's Puerto Rican, so he's born with a left hook. Yeah, I thought you would uh, you would enjoy that. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, it, uh, it, yeah, a lot of Ryan Garcia. Um, yeah. yeah, it was just terribly planned. Um, also this past weekend, um, we didn't touch on the Oriental Championship. Yeah. You know, it, it Joseph Parker, unanimous yeah. decision over Junior Fop. Yeah. Boring, boring fight. Yeah. You know, it was, uh, very disinteresting. Yeah. Listless um, performance, you, you know, know, uneventful, but he came out with the win. Yeah. So, um, you know, hopefully he doesn't get a title shot, a real title shot, yeah. you know, anytime soon. Um, it's looking like uh, Anthony Joshua, Tyson Fury for June. Um, Devin Haney and uh, Lomachenko. We're going yeah. back, at, back at it and on, on Twitter. Yeah. Uh, back and forth. Um, so I'm going to call him Bitterchenko. Yeah. So both of them are calling each other out for not making the fight. And, uh, you know, I'm hoping that there's a fight. You know, I would love to see that fight. Um, So would I. You know, finally, you know, Haney Uh would fight somebody. Yeah. And And, and by the way, I think it's a good move for Haney because if he fights Lomachenko, right, and he absolutely throttles him mm -hmm. or beats him in even more devastating fashion than Teofimo Lopez, right, Mm -hmm. now we've got something, right? It's like, hey, you know what? We both beat. You know, a so-called legend and former pound-for-pound best fighter, right? Now, um, Teofimo is going to say, well, no. you know, kind of like the manager. Or, yeah, well, I loosened them up for you. You yeah. know what I mean? You can't open up the jar. You give it to the next person, right? But but I think that's a great move for Haney. Yeah. And, uh, you know, Haney, uh, let me read just uh, highlight the, the text messages. Uh, yeah. He asked, where the F is Loma at? Yeah. And Loma said, I'm here waiting for you cowards to decide on a real fight, yeah. not on a Twitter fight. And then uh, Haney said, "Waiting is your best bet. Is not your best bet. I think you would have learned that from the Tio fight." Yeah. And then uh, he said, "I'm here. I'm waiting for you, cowards." You know. And then uh, Loma said, "Waiting is your favorite action because you still haven't fought with anyone." Yeah. <laughs> so that's pretty good. Yeah. You know, it's that's pretty uh, good. You know, so it, it would definitely be an interesting fight. You Who know, promotes it, it, uh, Haney? Uh, matchroom. No, uh, so that could so, be made. I mean, that's yeah. a matchroom. And uh, on top rank, uh-huh. but of course you just mentioned right that they just had a little bit of a fallout with Matchroom throwing in a you know the purse uh-huh. bid for the so, Teofimo so, Lopez yeah, fight. Knows, so you know, I, w- I would love to see that fight. That'd be a great know. fight. That'd yeah. be a, such an entertaining fight. I, I assume that takes place at one thirty-five, mm-hmm. right? 
Is Loma going to stay there? And, and if you're talking about that division and the, and the and the four kings and yeah. everybody fighting one another, yeah, you know, this is a good way to get it, you know, get it started. And talk about a redemption opportunity for Lomachenko, yeah. right? Talk about a way of saying, you know what, that Teofimo Lopez fight, it was an aberration. Mm-hmm. It was during COVID. I wasn't prepared. Again, I'm I'm calling him Bitterchenko, yeah. right? Because of just the just the lack of acceptance that he got his ass kicked. I love that fight, man. Yeah, finally. Yeah. Um, also, Javante uh, Davis, another yeah. guy in that division. Yeah. Um, he announced that he's gonna announce oh, a wow. fight in a few days. That's right. I'm gonna say something. <laughs> yeah. To say something. Yeah. In a couple of days. Wow. So yeah, that's, I want to do that. That yeah. was the big announcement. You know, the announcement to say that there's gonna be an announcement. It's pretty good. It's pretty impressive uh, when you can do that. Yeah. You know. Um, I got something to say. In two days, you'll find out yeah. what it is I have to say. Um, Regis Prograis is going to fight uh, Ivan Redcatch in yeah. a, you know, kind of a tune-up for it's supposed to be April 17th and it's going to be on the undercard of uh, the next Jake Paul fight yeah. where he's yeah. fighting the MMA guy. Yeah. Um, those were the two hmm. the two guys that were in the Canelo interview after yeah. the after the fight. Yeah. And you know, he told him get the f out of here. Yeah. You know, they both had shirts, one with uh, Jake Paul and one yeah. with the uh, MMA guy on him. I saw and, that. Remember, and, I was texting yeah. you. Said, Did you see those clowns get yeah. kicked out? And you you could see <laughs> one of the announcers even laugh because when you know Canelo, you know, uh, said an explicitive, basically, right, mm-hmm. the f word. So. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Yeah. But those two guys were no one. They weren't fighters or anything, right? They no, were just no, ring no, crashers, no. They, right? Yeah, they were, you know, somebody that got paid to do yeah. that. You know. Well, they made it. They did a good job. They made it, yeah. <laughs> um the um there could be a uh Zhang versus Forrest rematch. You know, yeah. that was on the undercard of the Canelo oh fight. Oh my gosh. Oh my um, gosh. Why? You know, and you know. And you know, we talked about this fight. Yeah. You know, the uh you see uh six foot six foot six um Chinese guy, yeah, you know, with the record of yeah. like thirty six and zero, yeah. And you're like, well, where where has this guy been? Yeah, you know, how come we've never heard of him? Right. We found out, yeah, from the fourth round on. Yeah, why and, we've and never by heard the way, no spring chicken. By the way, yeah, right. I don't know what they have him listed as as far mm-hmm. as age, but he looked even older than whatever his age was listed. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Absolutely horrible. I felt like you know you and I with maybe a couple weeks training camp, right? Yeah. Probably. I mean. And by the way, my hat's off to Forrest, right, for hanging in mm-hmm. there, right? Gets knocked down, gets up, right? That would have been, by the way, a fun fight. You can hear the fans in Miami yeah. completely supporting Forrest, right? Mm-hmm. That would have been a great fight to be there in person. Yeah, this guy's – give me a break. Yeah. You know, unless the WBC is is handling the rankings, just same like they did with Elidrum. Yeah, this Chinese guy, God bless his heart, he's got no business. Yeah, well, you know, the IBF has had Zhang, you know, ranked fifteenth, and yeah. Uh, yeah. the uh, WBO had him at nine. So, you know, yeah, let's just hope that this guy doesn't get another fight. Which, by the way, won't change because because yeah. he fought to a draw. Yeah, right. So you don't go down on a on uh-huh. a. In fact, he may be move up. He may- <laughs> yeah, yeah, I see that. I see Zil Zhang. Yeah, number nine. Yeah. yeah. By the way, Forrest, you know. After the fight, I love the backflip, right? Uh-huh. After all that. Got to give him credit. After yeah. all that and able to pull off a you know a backflip at his size. You don't see too many heavyweight backflips. No. no. Yeah, I mean, the only one we see is Teofimo Lopez. Yeah. Understand, at 135, uh-huh. you know, every everybody who weighs 135 should be able to do a backflip, you know? Yeah. Um, but you, you got Forrest calling out Anthony Joshua right after that. <laughs> <laughs> I right. completely forgot about that, yeah, but I do remember it. that. Yeah, gotta love it. Yeah. I yeah. want Joshua. Yeah, I want Joshua. <laughs> Based on what? It's like, come on, man. It's like, be happy with the fact that you fought to a draw. Incredible heart and spirit. And by the way, right, the complete opposite of what we saw. Take Forrest's heart, I'll say 5% of that, and transfer that over to Elidrum. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And we would have had a much better fight. But that fight was entertaining, if nothing else. Yeah. Um, and then we have a couple uh, cards this week. Um, Thursday on NBC Sports Network. Um, Bodachuk fights yeah. Brandon Adams. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, on the card, uh, Daniel Zorillo. Yeah. Or Zaria, that uh, Puerto Rican fighter prospect that we saw out in uh, Fantasy Springs. Oh, okay. Um, he, uh, the Zorro. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. I remember him. So, yeah. Um, yeah. And then Fernando Vargas Jr. fights on that undercard as well. Isn't that his debut? Uh, his second fight. Second fight, second okay. Fight. And yeah. then um, on Friday, you know, we have the Shields um, pay-per-view. Fight. 
Yeah. Um, twenty nine ninety five. Yeah. Um, it's actually good that they put that on Friday because yeah. um, UFC has a really big card I on, see. on Saturday night, and I think that's why. Boxing wise, there's not much going on that that Saturday. That's smart. Uh, that's the big fight. We talked about that with the uh, uh, Shields and the mm-hmm. Care. Um, she'll be the first fighter ever, I think, to be yeah. the undisputed champion in the multiple weight divisions. Um, Marlon Esparza was just added to that card as well, by the way. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah, she was just added. That was hot off the press. You yeah. know, I don't know who she's going to be fighting. It doesn't seem like it's anybody noteworthy. But yeah, she's going to be on that card as well. Yeah, and uh, I think it's supposed to be an all um, all female. That's right. Um, I love it. Announcers, you know, so it it should be, um, you know. Well, definitely and, and a, a great event. On the heels of today is the first day of uh, Women's uh, History Month, Rick. Uh-huh. So it's very fitting. Yeah. No. No. Definitely. And uh, you know, we'll have a uh, a good report on it for next week. Yeah, I can't wait. It is going to be a good card. We'll be watching it. Looking forward to that. What else we got, Rick? Uh, That's all we got for this week. Wow. That's good stuff, man. That's really good stuff. Um, All right, folks. We'll be right back. I know we got the stat of the week. And then we'll wrap this show up, folks. Pacific Coast Boxing. We'll be right back. All right, Pacific Coast Boxing. Alfonso Ruiz, Rick Prado. Rick. Best part of the show, man. That's why we leave it. We save the best for last. What do we got? Stat of the week. So for this week, um, you know, we'll keep the theme, you know, the same. You know, people who dare to be great. Oh, I like that. I like that. The um, first person to win um, a championship in five different weight classes. Yes. And this was and this was in the. uh, Well, I mean, there's several, right? There's several. Uh-huh. But um, I mean, I'm, I'm not even going to take a guess because there's yeah. so many, you know. But if you give me, you know, 80s, 90s, yeah, yeah, 80s, 80s, yeah. Uh, 80s, one of the four kings, possibly. Yeah. Okay, so it's either going to be. I don't think it was uh, Duran. I don't think he ever got to the fifth one. Maybe he mm-hmm. did. Not to take a look at that. So it'll either be Hearns or Leonard. Yeah. This way, well, yeah, one of those two. Yeah. Um. So yeah, the first one to win. Um, in five different weight divisions yeah. was uh, Thomas Hearns. Wow, the Motor City Cobra. Yeah. And I like how you set that up, Rick, because like we said earlier, right, not afraid um, to, you know, not afraid, right, to step no. up and fight the very best, right? We could say whatever we want or about, hey, well, the sanctioning bodies were different and the money was different. But you know what? The people were different and the fighters were different too, Rick. Yeah. And that made a difference. So. Um, looking looking at those fights, right? So, one forty seven was his first championship, uh-huh. right? So we're talking one forty seven all the way through light heavyweight, right? Yeah, um, I think he he ended up winning in six divisions, but he was the first to do it in five. Okay. Um, when he won the uh, WBO super middleweight title. Yeah. Okay. And by the way, a who's who? You know, the one hundred forty seven mm-hmm. pounder beat Pepino Cuevas, one hundred fifty four. Uh, I think Wilfredo Benitez. Mm-hmm. And then uh, he actually upset, and I don't think that's when he won the uh, light, although he won the light heavyweight. He may have had another one, but he upset Virgil Hill. Yeah. That was like his moment, right, when he beat Virgil Hill. But good uh, good call out there, Rick. Yeah. Obviously a legend in Tommy Hearns, and something that we need to see, Crawford. That's the thing, right? Yeah. Imagine Tommy Hearns today at 147 or at 160, like Charlo. You think Tommy Hearn steps up and tries to fight Canelo? Without a doubt. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt. Without a doubt, because you know what? He's one devastating right, you know, and by the way, you know, we want to talk about matchups. You know, we don't do this too often, mm-hmm. but imagine that one. Yeah. What do you think? What do you think about a Tommy Hearns in his prime, right, against a Canelo Alvarez? Now, we know, you know, Tommy Hearns the chin, uh-huh. but the right hand? Yeah. All of know. six feet, Rick. Tommy yeah. Hearns is six feet, man. It, you know, an explosive fight. You know, I, I feel like if Tommy Hearns boxed a little bit more, he'd have a better shot. If he came yeah. in, just guns a-blazing, yeah. you know, he's going to get in trouble. He's going to get in trouble, but that was the beauty. <laughs> that was the beauty. of. And, and and by the way, you want to talk about the four kings. We should have yeah. probably covered this with Canelo. What about Marvin Hagler and Canelo, man? No, that yeah, I think I think that was wow. probably the best right? um, best matchup for him. You yeah. Know, a, a solid guy at 160. Yeah, you know, man. 
Yeah. But, um, you know, I think that's where, you know, we had this discussion before, but yeah. with Hagler, he stuck to one division yeah. and didn't move. Yeah, he didn't move, yeah. but again, yeah. all Picasso could do was paint, Rick. Yeah. Tiger Woods, all he does is play golf, or yeah. right now he's not, but yeah. I think that um, I think that would have been a heck of a matchup mm-hmm. because both very similar in styles. Marvin Hagler wasn't going anywhere. I actually think, by the way, that he probably would have worn down Canelo. Yeah, to because, be honest with you, you know, for for, for Canelo fight, you you need somebody that can give a heavy punch, yeah, and be able to take a heavy punch. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Now, again, Sugar Ray Leonard, athleticism, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, the boxing ability. Either one of those two guys gives them a very tough fight. I'm gonna tell you something. Never thought I would say this. I have Hagler over Canelo. Yeah, both, no, both they, in their prime. I, you definitely see that. Uh, Definitely see that happening. And Hagler, legitimate 5'10", natural 160, Mm -hmm. I think he takes him out. Wow. Maybe we'll have to start doing that. Legends against current fighters. Maybe we'll pick that up next week, Rick. That's going to do it for this week, round five. Talk to everybody next week. Protect yourself at all times. Good job, Rick. See you next week.